This is the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to another edition of Ali La Rouge. In this episode, we'll be looking at back at the events in, in Paris uh, just over 10 days ago. Uh, it wasn't to be, you know, the last week, uh, obviously, we were going for four trophies. It wasn't to be, but I think everything's been overshadowed by what happened in Paris. Uh, joining me today is journalist Brian Reid, Ian Byrne, the MP for West Derby, and also a Spiritus Shankly committee member, Joe Bloch, the chair of Spiritus Shankly, and Stephen Monaghan, a regular guest and also in the Spiritus Shankly. So I'm your host, Peter Hooten. So I just have to look back at events. Um, it's really gone out of the of the uh, British news in many respects, apart from the likes of Brian and David Conn and, and a few other people. But it's still big news in France. And we know that because we're getting, Spirits of Shankly getting inundated by media requests. And the reason it's big news is because they know the French authorities and the French governments have been lying. You know? uh, so I'll just go, go uh, across the panel and, and see what you did on the day leading up to before the problems in the, in the Stade de France, because Brian, it was a it was a brilliant day leading up to it, wasn't it? It was. It was. Um, you know, it's it, as as we tend to do now in these uh, in the finals of late. We're made up that all the kids have gone to the fan zone, so they could all go there and listen to Jamie Webster, and we could just have a nice stroll around the bars, etc. <laughs> it just struck me as we were walking around because obviously Mono wants to do the sights and get a picture everywhere, of, you know, the Eiffel Tower and everywhere. I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but this like parade of, of police on on, on, on on motorbikes are really look like a legion like, driving through town, doing a snake through the major parts. And I saw that on two different occasions and it struck a chord with me because you don't normally see that. You don't certainly don't see it at, at, at modern football games. It was a it was um it was a shot across the bows. Yeah. And I thought that at the time, I just thought, this, this is really, really ominous, this. There's nothing happening here. It's clearly nothing happening. We were mixing with the Real Madrid fans. We were just drinking and, you know, taking pictures and that. And all, as I say, most of the younger people who may have likely to, to have been, to be, you know, being a bit rowdy and we're all in the fan zone. And it came back to me when, when of course, we got there and we saw what was happening with the, with the police operation and... Um, and yeah, that's my memory of the build-up to the game. Probably having a really good time and a drink was thinking, yeah. "What is what, this? Is something's off here?" You know, you get those signs. Something's yeah, off. Yeah. Someone's they, they 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 were like cruising for the bruising. They were doing yeah, that in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, how did you spend the day? Yeah, a bit like a bit like what you said, really. But we did try and go to the fan park because I had me me two boy uh, boys with me, seventeen and nineteen, and we tried to get in and. For me, it was a, it was a foretaste of what was to come in the evening, and you know it, it did sh- send a chill down my spine when we actually got to the fan park and we seen the barricades around the fan park, which are completely unlike anything that we'd seen in Kiev and Madrid. It was like it was, yeah. it, was, it, was it was there was there was huge fences, and then the policing was again creating pinch points where people had to go in. So when we got there, it was about an hour before an hour half an hour before it was due to start. There was there was there was already really big queues to get in and. As soon as I got there, I just said to me two boys, "There's just no way we're waiting here because it was unorganised. It was, it was, it, it just didn't feel safe." And we walked away then, and we had a good walk around like uh, Brian's done, and then we just uh, ended up putting our banner outside the bar and and just relaxing uh, before yeah. the event. And it was brilliant. The atmosphere was great. You know uh, where we were, and it was just a really, really uh, interesting enjoyable day the only thing I will say is when I went to collect my ticket someone said that you could not wear your colours by the Champs-Élysées and the the police had said you couldn't have scarves or colours which again was after coming away after going to the fan zone and hearing that you're thinking what what is going on here with the mentality of the police obviously we've seen what what it was but it was all forewarnings of what was to come yeah Joe I mean how did you spend your day yeah, very similar to everyone else. As you say, uh, people of a certain age do it a different way, don't they? Um, I went to the, the, the fan zone because I was doing some interviews, funny enough, uh, and it, just, it was the most convenient place to go, but also it was good to get a feel for what was going on. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to take us back probably 48 hours before the game, to be honest with you. Um, 
because the fan zone hadn't actually been officially announced then in terms of whether no. it was going to be doing screenings and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think the caution, you know, that Brian and Ian have been talking about there was was there for us to see that we weren't exactly being welcomed with open arms by by the authorities, which was in complete contrast, I must say, to the day itself when I felt as though I was welcomed by everyone in the bars, the shops. Um, and anyone you walk past on the streets, it, it, it felt as though you know th- there was no problem in terms of being being in Paris, and uh, fantastic. I think I think the, the the other part for me though was that when we got to the ground, it just felt something different. The, the whole yeah. the whole the whole scene shifted from sort of you know five to six to six o'clock when we got there. It just seemed. You know, literally within within a mile of the ground, you just sense something different, and um, it was just it was. I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about it more. But I mean, the, the day yeah. itself and the day before, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, yeah. really enjoyed, really enjoyed Paris. Subject to those yeah. little bits of uh, yeah. that people have said, I certainly share them. Mono, we had it, um, a great night Friday night in Montmartre, which is like the cobbled street area with loads of hills. And uh, we had a brilliant time, didn't we? In, in a restaurant, we I, we made book for thirty-five, uh, yeah. and we regaled them with uh, French songs and Beatles songs all night, didn't we? Well, Brian did. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise! No, once again, no, you know. Listen, when we go away, we enjoy ourselves, and we always do. You know, we we do our due diligence on where we're going, and you know, we stayed in Montmartre, which, as you said, it was a lovely area. Uh, cobble streets and cafe cultures all all around here as Paris is anyway. But it was absolutely uh, great nights. The staff from the hotel to um, uh, all, as you say, the shopkeepers, the the bar owners, you know, the waiters. Everyone was absolutely brilliant with us. All, all you Parisians were good. You know, yeah. I like mm-hmm. to say that you know publicly, which I think we have done all week. How good uh, the you know the Paris you know. Um, People were with us. It yeah. wasn't a single problem with any of them. Uh, this this Saturday morning, we all said we go for breakfast. Then we round the corner and, and in one of the cafes, the sun was shining. Mm. We had our croissants and coffee and scrambled eggs. And then we decided, you know, we said, well, I decided we go, we're going, we're going touring. Get a few pictures. We'll do the Moulin Rouge, Sacré Cœur, Eiffel Tower. Then we'll cross up somewhere. But stopping off every half an hour, having a glass of lager, which this we doing. It was a great atmosphere, you know, as you know, we were all together. It was a brilliant day to see the sun was shining. Um, and then later on from in the mid-afternoon, when we went for a meal again, didn't we? You know, 15 minutes from the Eiffel Tower or so, we plotted up again in a, in, a, in the restaurants. Had a great time, you know. And if you remember the owner coming over, he, he was said, you know, merci to us for choosing his establishments and, and we would be in great company for him all day. And yeah. it, it was it was a great atmosphere, and then we went for a few more drinks around a few more bars, and then if you remember, I, I got a text off uh, my lads, yo, about set to six, was it, to say, Dad, get up here uh, straight away. It's absolutely madness, ASAP, and and right away. Oh, yeah, showed, uh, mind, that's three hours before the game. Yeah, so I remember showing you all the text to say, look, we've got to go here now, and the metro was literally a minute away from where we were sitting. And we, we decided to go then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, for my sins, I spent the afternoon in a place called uh, Palace Royale, which is where the BT Sports were. BT Sports came up on the day of the match with an email saying, we've got you a ticket. So uh, I went up to the hotel. We had a problem downloading the tickets from the UFA website. We were supposed to leave the hotel at 6 o'clock. Uh, we didn't leave till 7 but um, it was all the presenters, all the presenters' families and all the presenters, you know, like Gerard was there, Owen was there, uh, P- Peter Crouch, Abby Clancy. But mainly it was guests of the presenters and the footballers, you know. So we got the coach to um, Saint-Denis and we were a little bit late because of traffic. We got there just after eight. And this is supposedly a VIP coach, you know, with uh, two, two uh, black coaches coming into Saint-Denis. Uh, and they dropped us off on a corner by the McDonald's. And um, a lot of people didn't get off. They were waiting to see exactly where the coach was going to stop. But a few of us got off. And I walked literally into what can only be described as the London riots in 2011. 
uh, there was no Liverpool fans around, there was no Real Madrid fans around, but there was lots of local youths and they were they were just testing the security. So they were running at the police, trying to get up the steps, up the ramp, onto the first, uh, past the first uh, perimeter check, you know. And I saw people climbing up like a motorway, uh, like an overpass and thought, that's not the test, that's why they're climbing up. And it was because they were going to beat then the first uh, ticket check, which if they got up onto that walkway, they were through to the turnstiles, you know. So uh, I spoke to meet my daughter at Y, half seven. I was a bit late for that. So went to meet her, couldn't, couldn't find her. Then I went to U, and that's where all the neutrals were. And it was absolute chaos at U. And I saw uh, Phil Aspinall, as he, as he's known, well-known Liverpool fan, trying to, get, trying to get in as well. He looked frustrated. He couldn't get in. But most of them were neutrals, and a lot of them were going up with the mobile phone tickets like we've had at Anfield all year. And they were turning red because you had to have your Bluetooth turned on. But if you watch the UFA video, that's clear. But how many people are going to watch the UFA video, you know, and you download a ticket? I mean, I wouldn't suggest many. But anyway, I got into the ground and then I kept on getting texts off my daughter saying, we're not in. You've shut the gates. People are getting robbed. There's big crowds outside, snatching tickets, snatching phones. Um, and then I tried to, I tried to get out. Uh, but they wouldn't let you out. And this was before the match was supposed to start. And, of course, we all know it was delayed for uh, 35 minutes. She eventually did get in with 10 minutes to go with the first half. And I think that's a recurring story from a lot of people that they didn't either, either gave up trying to get in. A lot of people went to bars to watch it who had legitimate tickets. Or they got in at the end of the first half, you know. So, Brian, you were in a queue, I believe, with uh, John Coleman, the Accrington Stanley manager, who's been on here a few times. Um, and he said he was getting tear gassed outside. And we weren't even yeah. Morecambe fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spotted it because, I mean, we, we, so we got through that. We got through that. Uh, I, I left with Mono, so we, I, we got there in good time. Which gate were you in, Brian? Uh, B, uh, B or A. No, it was A. I was with Roy Bolter. And um, we got through that. We got through that check, I and mean, it just was a bit of a joke to me. Nobody knew what was going on, and I, I just get, increasingly get a bad feeling about it all. And people are going, "Don't go into Gate B; it's short." And I think Keith Colvin was with us, and we said, "You might as well come with us, try and get in Gate A." And when he got round there, we we weren't moving at all. You could just see, and then you get the stories about this gate's being shut for ten minutes. So Keith goes off. I'm standing with Roy, and the, the, the queue's building behind us, pushed up against the fence. You can see people crying. Yeah. Then Liverpool fans, some Liverpool fans started to, in frustration, started to try and climb the fence themselves. And we were dragging them back down and bollocking them. You know, we were saying, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been alluded to many times. And it's so true that it's, if you like, if you want to call it, the Hillsborough effect kicked in. Yeah. We knew we knew what this could lead to, both in terms of injuries and deaths and also reputation. It was like going, get down up there. They're not get, we're not getting blamed for this. No one's doing anything wrong. Are people getting dragged down? And most people are actually accepting it because it was just yeah, yeah. so overpoweringly. In fact, Roy rollicked to me because I was trying to this fellow's almost crying. And I said, Look, mate, don't worry about it. You know, we're all desperate here, blah, blah, blah. And he went, What are you even talking to that? Oh, you know, uh, well, because this is a really, a really stressful situation. Yeah, and I thought yeah. at some point, I'm not getting in. And I started to look behind me and I saw all these bars. And I said to Roy, I said, Look, we might as well pick what bar we're going to because this isn't happening. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I started to think of, uh, even of this season where you've thought that. Remember Benfica a couple of months ago? We yeah. We got Kettle yeah. there, didn't we? And yeah, we got terrible. Kettle there for no reason, just singularly strip searched. For no reason, no answers, no communication. That was another thing. There was no communication at all. No communication. And we got in after the kickoff. And I'm thinking, why am I, ex why am I so, I couldn't believe I was so um, calm about it. You know, I, th I thought, I've got a ticket on me for 150 euros. It's got yeah. 620 quid for a flight. You know, it, it, we've been to so many away games this year. The money that's been spent, this is just plain wrong. And yet, something inside me says, this is the way we're treated. You know, yeah. I couldn't get too worked yeah. up about it. I just wanted to. Yeah. I, I think so many people like that. That's why there's an air of calm about it. We kind yeah. of almost, it almost accepted the fate. It was almost surreal, wasn't it? And you it did was almost surreal. Today. And I think people just thought, let's just stay calm. Yeah. If we get in, we get in. If we don't get in, because yeah. we didn't really know what had happened. Those, those stories I'm hearing about the gangs, I didn't see them. No. You know, I didn't. So I missed that. I missed that. And then the next thing, 
the crowd starts to move. And I thought the gate, I thought they'd open the gate. We came in and, and the gate had just been kicked down and, and we got in and the police came after us and we got up the stairs. And then I'm starting to think again about Hillsborough and thinking, because you don't know what's happened. You can't get the full information. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, oh God, and Athens. I'm thinking back to Athens. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm really worrying because I'm just thinking, this could be really serious. This could be. You, you did a, a brilliant article about UFA at the weekend mm. saying, you know, it was almost as if, uh, you know, they, they actually enjoyed it when there were no fans in the ground. Because well, as I said, I think the they, problems of the plebs coming Well, I the think they would prepare to, if they could see IG a crowd in, that would be their problem out the way. Because, <laughs> you know, as Steve Rotherham said, Seferin didn't, just didn't want to know that we are yeah. a problem to them, even though we're not a problem. Yeah. Um, and, in fact, I'm going to read something to you because I, I, I dug it out before by accident. The, de- the night after the night of Hillsborough, I was working on the Daily Post at the time and I was a sub. I wasn't there as a reporter. I was a sub there as a fan. And I got back and I thought, I've got to write something down here. I've got to write something down. And it made a spread in, in, the, in the paper on the Monday. And the ominous thing, how this could easily have been, could easily have been writing this 33 years on. So I've got, I've got it here from the Daily Post, 1989. The headline is dead because they didn't count. Yeah. Brian's private view of the police and public attitudes to fans. And it's uh, and I wrote, because we didn't have the exact number of deaths at the time, I wrote, nearly 100 people lost their lives on Saturday because they didn't count. They didn't count because they were football fans. And in the eyes of authority and indeed the general public, that placed them beneath contempt. And then I go to describe everything. Yeah. And I could almost have, it, I could almost have written that 33 years on at, yeah. a, at a cup final because it was a miracle there wasn't any deaths. The yeah, stories yeah. we're hearing about the beatings people took and the accidents, you know, you think of people get going down in town with one punch and 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 and, and they, they get the, you know they die from it. We could yeah. we could have easily been saying exactly the same thing 33 yes. years on. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and that really says that you know the attitude of the French police, they look, they 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 viewed us as hooligans the same way we were viewed as hooligans in the 80s. Yes. And and that was that was the whole problem. And we felt it that night. And uh, it, it is a miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, that, that nobody nobody died. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Ian, was were you in the ground when the uh, announcement came up due to the late arrival of fans on the scoreboard? Were you in the ground then? No, no, I was. Uh... I was like probably like Brian. I eventually got in, uh, and I know it's well documented. No scream at the fellas to open the turn styles, People getting squashed. I was, I was in gate and I, you were just standing. And I was, I'd seen Jamie Webster, and all I was shouting was video it, video it. Just yeah. make sure everyone's taking video, and just and that area, the calm as well. I, I, it's hard to quantify when I'm talking to people who aren't Liverpool fans and haven't got the experience it's like hard widened to our DNA wasn't it where yeah. we had to keep calm and when you think about and I've been thinking about a lot about this you know the, when the police knew they completely lost it and you wait for the stadium management that's when I think they started to incite riots I'm convinced of it that they just wanted footage of Liverpool fans uh, reacting and then yeah. their, their job would have been done like Brian saying asking people to come down from the mm. fences I mean when you look back at the calmness that Liverpool mm. fans shown, which pre- prevented the catastrophe, I ended up going up and trying to watch, trying to get as, as much of a view as I could over the vista, because you could see all the gates locked, you could see all the thousands of people trying to get in. And yeah. I ended up standing next to John Nicho. And John was white as a sheet because he said, Ah, Dan is there and pointed in gate A. And he obviously, you know, you, you, your heart goes out because we all had them same feelings. And yeah, then yeah. we seen Dan. <laughs> I said, there he is. And we seen him come in and he was with, uh, I think he's with Kieran, the lad that does the singing as well. So we, we actually watched them for te- 25 minutes come through until they were the other side. And then you just seen John, you know, the relief yeah. on the boat of us. Uh, and then obviously I got a text then about, look at the sign on the stadium and everything that we knew was going to happen happened didn't it and yeah, I think yeah. we preempted UEFA's and the French authorities reaction we knew what they do because yeah. they lost control we knew that we'd get the blame but I think the Liverpool fans you know and, and everybody not just Liverpool fans the Madrid fans have probably got unbelievable footage the neutrals I think everybody who sucked that footage has just created where it took decades for us to get the truth out. It's been six days because of the being yeah. overwhelmed, being overwhelmed. Yeah. And like you said in the intro, Pete, 
you know, I haven't stopped doing interviews. Now it's French uh, journalists who are so interested yeah. in it. And they keep phoning me up or they're emailing me and they're saying the first introduction is, now we know the French state have told lies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, wow. Yeah. Wow. What an acknowledgement that is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also depended in, uh, depending where you were in the ground because, you know, my experience was that the, the police were firing tear gas at the locals and they were firing tear gas at the locals even though, Liverpool fans were in the vicinity. The tear gas was drifting into our queues and it was drifting into you, uh, which is on the side. Uh, and I think it just depends which gate you were in what, on what you witnessed. But, uh, Joe, in terms of... Were you in the ground when the, the sign came up about late arrivals? Because as soon as I saw that, I knew that was a lie. And the reason I knew that was a lie is because I had a text off my daughter at uh, 6 o'clock saying, Dad, it's chaos at the... Um, at the RER train station. We've just come from the fan park. And it's chaos. They're not letting us through. So I knew at 6 o'clock, three hours before the game, the organisation had, had broken down. I said, just be calm. They'll let you through eventually. Yeah. Were you, on, were you I mean, in the ground, Joe? I, I, was, I was, yeah. I mean, I mean, listening to Brian and Ian, they're just so powerful in it in terms of, you know, their experience on the day and, it, it's it's hard with everything we've all done over the last 10 days to sort of you know, reflect back on that night. But yeah, but I was in the ground then. Um, but interesting what you're saying about sort of firing tear gas into the locals. Um, by a quirk of fate, similarly to us, we, we, we got a text to say, you know, whatever you do, don't come to San Denis Station. If you can, try and come the other way, which which yeah. luckily we did because we were on a line that, that took us there. So we came in the Madrid end. So came off the train with loads of Madrid fans and it was just great, um, as you'd expect, you know, good fun up and down, uh, swapping badges and stuff like that. Um, and then actually when we got to the ticket check at the Madrid end, the stewards were actually on the floor as were loads of Madrid fans because they'd just been tear gassed and you yeah. could smell it in your air. You started to stink, your own eyes were stinging. Um, at the Madrid end, yeah. At the Madrid end, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we, we managed to get through there and walk around. So actually, our, our entrance into, we were in C, wasn't too bad because we came the wrong way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so getting in was, you know, it, it, a bit of a delay, but not, you know, nothing nothing too uh, too bad. But obviously, the, you know, the, the texts you get and the phone calls you get from everyone outside, you know, you start to feel just like Ian and Brian were saying, there's, there's something not right here at all. It's going wrong. And we were dealing with stuff, weren't we? But when I saw that, when I saw that um, stadium announcement, um, you know, it just beggared belief. And you just knew, you just knew, you looked at our end, you looked how empty it was, and you knew where the fingers were pointing. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I feel really bad because I think I spoiled my son's experience of the, 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 the final, even if, yeah. even if, we, you know, if we'd won, you know, just because I was going on and kicking off so much about it. Because it, yeah, yeah. it was just, you know, just well, knew that everyone sure. was pointing the things at us. Yeah, during the first half, I mean, I was, I mean, the the, the game going on was incidental to the text I was getting off my daughter about yeah, being yeah. tear-gassed outside and being, you know, people getting robbed and all that. But Mono, did you were you did you get the sense of that that you know even during the first half the game had become incidental almost, hadn't it, to what was going on outside? Just before we, yeah, I'll go back to as, as we get in, Pete. As we all walked up, I sort of come over. I think this wasn't the underpass, I sort of diverted around it. And I come to a, a checkpoint where he scanned me ticket and, and he, he said, Real. And I got my phone out to say email from the club, and I still had it in, in, the, in the envelope from the club. Yeah. And then he, he, he wrote on it in that pen, whatever, and then it went through. Then I was in Gate A, and I just went right over to Gate A. And there's only yeah. about 100 people there. And they were filtering a few people in at the time, but then a few locals were trying to bunk in, and then all the stewards come with a block on it. But what I did notice just outside on that concourse, just, it was how sparse it was for Liverpool fans, and all it was was locals running around. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's and, what I witnessed, yeah. And that's... And that's, that's yeah. Well, I, I got in within like 20 minutes, then these you started to let us in. But as, as we got through gate A, when you just look to the right hand side and the next gate around the corner, um the source of on a bend, uh hundreds started running through and they were all locals. Yeah. And then the lad who would come through it, I didn't know him, just saw so, so, oh, look at all them there. He said, 
Because they're, they're coming out and there's going to be murder here. Mm. Kind of thing. But, and then that's when it really it's over for me. What was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm outside, you know, from being on a concourse. And when you, you could look around from inside the stadium mm. and you can see Liverpool all, all the fans just sort of. I think, I think the added ingredient was Benzema was playing. So those, he's a hero uh, to a lot of those. Uh, yeah, but Peter, fans I think and, it's, Yeah, but it's an added ingredient because. They would chat when I was dropped off. They would chat in his name. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you can you, when you do a bit of research, you can see what the uh, connections are. They were determined to watch Benzema in the European Cup final. Two of the biggest teams in the world, and but the blame game started straight away, didn't it, Brian? The blame game started more or less by the time we got back to the hotel. We the SOS had had an email off the Quip. Uh, the French newspaper saying, uh, "What were your, you know, what 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 did you see happen?" Mm. So already, you for have been briefed in the press, hadn't he? That it was late arrivals and forgeries. But again, the parallels, even in terms of the timing with Hillsborough, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> Graham Kelly announcing that you know the, the Duckerfield yeah. told him that we we opened the gate. You know, we're hearing this yeah. on the way back to our cars, and people are like butting cars and screaming, "Don't do this to us again!" You know, the similar kind yeah. of. <clears throat> And, and and that's that's how it works, isn't it? With the police they, 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 and the authorities, they get it out there quickly. You know, as I say, you know, it takes you know, a lie's gone around the world before you've had time to put out the, the you know the truth. Um, and yeah. again, I think we're, we're in a kind of dated way, in the French way, we're easy prey because we're we're English fans. Whether we like, you know, we're, ironically, when we don't consider ourselves English, but we're English fans. And they were pointing to Wembley the, the year before, thinking, "Oh, yeah, yeah," because there was even a line that <laughs> Liverpool fans were there, you know. And yeah, with Liverpool, yeah. and Liverpool still has a reputation going back to maybe Hillsborough, where they think they can get away with it. Yeah, the big difference this time, and I've I've just wrote an article about two or three years ago saying, if there'd been mobile phones at Hillsborough, we yeah. would not have had to wait any time for this because yeah. the lies mm-hmm. that they told, the lies they knew they could get away with. You know that, that for, for we will our generation stuff social media. My God, how brilliant is are they? It's like yeah. recording there in yeah. your hand the truth, yeah, yeah. and no one can argue with it. Um, so that that was out there. The videos were out there. And secondly, another important thing: say if 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 we compare it to Hillsborough, the journalists were in in Hillsborough. The journalists were already in the press box. Yeah. The journalists who were all filing back to the English newspapers were caught up in it. Were, so yeah. your Henry Winters, your Sam Wallace, your Jason Bates, your Oliver Holtz, these people who were filing for the following day's paper are caught up in it. They're being yeah. tear gassed. And then a lot of the players, a lot yeah. of the players, Alan Yeah, the, the, and the players' fans. But what I'm saying is these, these yeah. people, the, the journalists who are filing for the Sunday Mirror, the yeah. Sunday Express, yeah. they're expected to file copy by 10 o'clock. With them, and they're saying, hang on a minute, we can't get it, we're getting tear gassed. Yeah. So I've never seen uh, Fleet Street so united in its... Um, in its attitude to what happened and yes. 100% realising the truth of what happened and wanting to get it out there. Yeah. I mean, if you've only yeah. look at the stuff Rob Draper did in the Mail on Sunday, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. analysis of it. Uh, two weeks ago, the Mail on Sunday was slagging us off for booing the National Anthem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. so, and, and I think in the 80s, the, 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 they wouldn't have gone there. They'd go, oh, they're just Liverpool fans. You know, they're probably asking for it, football fans. But there was first-hand accounts of the people who, are, who had to file first-hand accounts of the match. And that was so important because it, it's kind of killed narrative. You know, I mean, the, the lad of of Sky News, Sky, yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. and he's really good journalist anyway. Yeah. But there you've got it. That that's even quicker than newspapers. Yeah. This is going out at ten o'clock. He's, he's doing. It was like he was reporting, wasn't it, from a war zone when I was exactly. watching it the next day, and he was so good. Um, and he, he also did say, "I hope they've sorted out the security after the game." Yeah, and we'll go on right. to that later. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, obviously they hadn't. Yeah. Well, um, Ian, um, can I, sorry, can I just jump jump in there? So just, just I think it's a really good point that Brian's made, and it's just interesting. Um, going back to when we played uh, Tottenham in Madrid, the headline in marker was seventy thousand hooligans coming to Madrid, um, yeah. and you know we we understand this as what the, what's this about? I got contacted yeah. by marker the week before the final uh, last week. And they said we'd like to do an interview with him. And he said, "Well, not no, because I know what your headline's going to be." Yeah. And he said, "No, no, it's all changed since then. We we fully understand that Liverpool fans are not like that at all, and um, we actually want to show it as a celebration." Right. So it was one of the reasons I went to give an interview to Marker um, before the game. 
Yeah. And he was absolutely astounded by, you know, all of the stuff that we said at the start of this this, this show about, you know, how we engaging we were and how fun, how dressed up we were, having a great time. They were talking to Madrid fans. They brought Madrid fans over to meet with us and talk to us. And it just, the, the narrative had clearly changed in the Spanish press because of the way yeah. that we behaved in, in 2019. And clearly, you know, what, what that, had, that had led to was a change in Marco's attitude towards yeah, yeah. towards Liverpool fans. Um, and it's interesting, you know, just what um, Brian's saying there about you know, our own Fleet Street, you know, seeing, seeing all of that um, have actually changed their attitude and they, they were on it straight away. So, like, I, I agree the social media bit was, was really powerful, but yeah. it's, it's interesting just to think the way the foreign media picked it up. And obviously the French now, are, are, as you said, Peter, are, are all over yeah. it. Allez Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Ian, um, I mean, we know that um, after he'd been lost his phone, Metal Mayor Steve Rodden lost his phone and his match ticket and his passport and all that, but he did get in. Someone identified him and the police got him into the ground and he he went to Seferin he, he confronted him, didn't he? But Seferin's been remarkably quiet, hasn't he? Right. Uh, unlike um, Darmanin, uh, France's interior minister and sports minister, mm. Emily uh, Castera, who did the press conference on the Monday to carry on this narrative of thirty to 40,000 tickets, uh, ticketless fans or forgeries, which was disproven by a brilliant video in Le Monde talking about local transport, said, where were these fans? You know, where they, they didn't exist. They were all in the fan park. That's where they stayed. So, Ian, what do you, do you think... It's a deliberate policy by Stefan just to stay out of this and just leave it to the politicians in France. Yeah, it's a dereliction of duty, though, isn't it? In his role, he should be, you know, he should be answering questions that are asked. And if you, you know, Steve made his, his uh, contribution on Saturday and told us his experience, and he, he told me that as well. You know, the arrogance of the man uh, reflects the arrogance of the organisation, doesn't it? Uh, and yeah. also potentially the ineptitude in a dereliction of duty by uh, the general secretary of the governing body that's ultimately responsible for the safety uh, of supporters. And, you know, we'll probably talk about the political fallout. But, I mean, I've just been stuck. We touched on it before. I Just on what, what Brian said, I must admit, you know, you know, the sat, no, we were all Saturday morning. We were in, uh, Sunday night. We, Saturday night, we were in shock. Uh, yeah. You're getting bits and bobs through. Seeing that Sky Sports report uh, when he outlined, it was such a relief. You know, watching it and uh, as we were yeah. having our breakfast and we started seeing the journalists, like Bryce said, you know, unanimously telling the truth. Yeah. It was such a bloody relief yeah, uh, that was. we were getting that from the UK and we're getting that from France now, aren't we? And, you know, I don't know where they go. We might touch go on to this politically, Peter, but I don't know where they go as politicians when they've totally been called out yeah. you know, by their own media. Now, it's it, the narrative is that, you know, he's told lies. So it'll be interesting where he goes with it, how he backpedals. It'll also be extremely interesting touching on Steve what reception Steve gets tomorrow when he gives mm-hmm. uh, evidence in the Senate, yeah. uh, because I'm sure them two will be there. So what what will happen from that? What reception will he get? I think that could be a really, really decisive moment politically uh, yeah. for how this turns out. When we asked the agent question on Monday, the minister said that he was meeting the uh, sports minister tomorrow. Yeah. So again, there's a couple of, potentially uh, key moments but for me Steve Lodrum's uh, in the Senate on Thursday on yeah. tomorrow could be really pivotal Yeah, Macron has also been very quiet hasn't he he's left it to he's more or less you can you can sense that he's distanced himself mm-hmm. from his interior minister and the sports minister Joe do you, do you get that impression talking to I know you've done a lot of interviews with French press uh, as we all have but I get that impression from the French journalists that they think they've certainly got the interior minister on the run and the sports minister, but Macron's distanced himself. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. I think I think the the five of us all got a degree in French politics in about twenty four hours last week, didn't we? <laughs> um, and you know, it's 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 staggering, really, isn't it, that the lack of leadership both at UEFA and, and, and French government uh, in terms of that. You're right, you know, what? why are those two silent? And that's why we've got to keep our focus 
on on the on the French authorities on UEFA. You know, they they, yeah. they can't just just be silent on this and then and it'll all go away and drift away and we'll have a summer and we'll all back back watching the game again in August. It's not yeah. gonna happen. Um yeah. and I think, you know, clearly in terms of Macron, um, you know, his his mandate when he when he came to power in seventeen, was it? You know, it, it was all about state policing and everything else. Law and I think order, that's yeah. law and order. So I think that he's 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 boxed into a corner himself now, isn't he? That it's kind of it's kind of his dictat is uh, has has led to this um, because there was no bending or flexible the rules and I think that's why he probably will um, hang the other ministers out to dry because unfortunately he he can't turn turn around he, he's yeah. got a difficult position there's, there's, there's elections in two weeks or so um, they're they're in they're in dire straits and I think that's why yeah. as you yeah. said the French press um, and the opposition parties are going for this but it, they are but it, yeah. but the good thing is it, 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 it it's hard to say isn't it because you you know you're, you're dealing with a media that we're not used to dealing with to be fair so yeah. you know we, we um but it feels as though they're they're hundred percent on on the side yeah. of of truth as yeah. opposed to it just being political yeah 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 Mano in terms of um I mean UFA came out with the oh we're going to do an independent review and then last Monday the they apologized to both sets of fans so there was a a bit of a sea change there, but the independent review is hardly independent from what we've been reading, is it? No, well, the apology was like a half apology, wasn't it? Yeah, and half. They, you know, yeah. They, they still left the uh, the the the, the, um, the narrative up on their on their own website. It's still there. I've just checked. Is it still there again? Yeah, it's still there. And that was a couple of days later. So even though we've we've all copied them <laughs> in on tweets and uh, emails, they're still, you know, who, who's doing the. Uh, the emails and, and looking after the IT on in UEFA. Let's yeah. get that down now, you know, because these Liverpool fans are not going away. Um, yeah, I, you know, this uh, Portuguese uh, independence uh, fella who's going to sit on it. He's His name's Thiago, uh, so maybe, maybe that's uh, that's a sign. <laughs> yeah, clock my sign. Thiago Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, well, you know, he's got. I think he's got a bit of a um, previous with football, as any fans, you know, in mm. in Lisbon. So I I don't think anything of that. Be honest with you, you know. Hopefully, you know, Joe might uh, speak about this later on. Where we hopefully, if any independent inquiry, you know, we get the fans, you know, the spirit of Shankly on it, on somewhere involved in it. If we can go down that route through political wise, through you know, you know, even our own governments to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Brian, have you got any faith in this so-called independent uh, UFA investigation? Again, it goes back to them thinking they can just do a whitewash. The, the, yeah. the, they're worried. They're worried. There's so yeah. many elements that they've got to be worried about. And I think one of the major things is their sponsors, because so many sponsors were caught up in it. We haven't touched on yeah. that, really. Yeah, so many yeah, yeah, sponsors yeah. were caught up in it, and they just couldn't believe what was happening. And so mm. they've got threats to say, well, is this what we're paying you for? And then there's the, the scandal coming out about his connections with, you know, the amount of Slovenians he's brought into the organization, yeah. like Pavlika, the security yeah. security, who was, who was best man at his wedding, and yeah. is, is now <laughs> overseeing three appalling errors in, in a year because yeah. Yeah. that may have been in Wembley, but it was still his jurisdiction that that that, yeah. that kind of thing, that the Euros final. The story's now coming out of, of Seville about the Rangers fans and, and Frank fans not being able to get water or, or food, you know, inside yeah. the stadium in Seville, 100 degrees. And now, three times in a year, this fellow's obviously a clown. It's, it's, it's been nepotism that's got him the job. Yeah. And they just said, get on with it. But you see, see this, this is an organization which doesn't really care about anything but wealth, greed, mm. uh, sorry, wealth, power, and kudos. It's, yeah, yeah. Just to go yeah. slightly, draw a parallel with it. Why are we playing these UEFA Nations games now? Why are these players, after the season they've had, 63 games they've played? Do you know how many yeah. games England have played in the last year? I've done a column on it tomorrow. 22 games England have played in the last year. Jesus. Now, not every player's played that. No. But you add that onto to the workload these players are having to get through. And it's there's a six-week yeah. break in these in November, December for a World Cup that FIFA imposed on them. So mm. the point I'm making is they don't like they didn't care about play, our welfare. They don't care about fan welfare, is they don't care about player welfare. No, no, no. It's it's yeah. just how can they push their brand? How can they keep them happy? All they were bothered about that night was was their sponsors being happy, the broadcast, the broadcast revenue coming in, a good game, maybe to, to up their brand, and mm. let's move on. To the next money making mm -hmm. exercise, and um, yeah, they've made a big error because I think they're amateurs. That's the main thing. I think they're you know, yeah, yeah. being into the board, they're inept. 
They really are amateurs. And when you're dealing with amateurs, they make big mistakes. I mean, the French are just liars, obviously. And they're caught up with elections and, yeah, you know, the fissure in French politics between the right and the left. So so I think that's why it's, it's so intrigued. This story is so intrigued that the French media, and because 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 on the right, the, the Le Pens, they're having to go at the at the local gangs of many yeah. North African descent, saying, yeah. we told you so. And the left are going, yeah. well, look at, look at the, the police state you're imposing on us. We're caught up yeah, in yeah. the middle of that, and, and yeah. both sides. So, so, so you know yeah. what I mean? It's like kind of, and yeah. it reflects badly on French society and, and the state of the French government. Mm-hmm. So, um, but with UEFA, I'm particularly angry. I really despise them in many respects. Yeah. You know, for the way they've just tried to take money out the game, and they don't, they don't give about anybody. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it came across last week. They really didn't give. And if they no, had yeah. given one, they would have immediately gone. These are our customers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my line was, you know. Who treats the customers like that, like they're animals in an illegal circus, and then sides with the abusers? You know, it's yeah. it's unheard of. And uh, someone gave a great quote. I think it was at the um, at this SOS meeting on on um, on a Saturday. I think I think it was Gareth, who who, who was you know his wife was 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 arrested, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, his, and and his kids watched on. And he said, "Look, if you want to treat us like this is the 1980s, then tell us, and we'll know what to expect. Yeah. But don't treat us like that. Then charge us." 150, 200, 600 pounds to get into yeah. the games. You yeah, can't yeah. have it both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a brilliant yeah. point. Ian, what would you say um, is the way forward, really, in terms of getting accountability for UFA and, and, and the French government? I mean, we know the French have put out this. All week we were getting briefed at the SOS that the French are about to put something on the, uh, on the embassy website and nothing was coming up. And then they were saying, oh, yeah, the French police are in Liverpool, but the French media were saying, we can't find them. They've all been in Liverpool looking for them. Yeah. Like, it is a French farce, but what is the way forward, Ian, do you reckon? Is it, polit- is it politically or is it for people to get on the streets? To get, you know? I, I mean, I mean, it's a good question. It's a wide-ranging question, that piece, isn't it? I mean, for me, it's, it's setting up a truly independent inquiry, you know, using the likes of Phil Scratton, Pete Weatherby, yeah. Having that influence, making sure that, as Steve said before, the support of voices are heard, uh, creating something which actually, as Brian alluded to before, is not a whitewash. It gets to the answers. And I've been saying to the French media, at the end of the day, the dereliction of their politicians, of their duty as elected representatives, if they don't take it on the chin that massive mistakes happened under their watch and they want to rectify the uh, situation. So whoever the stands to Stade de France in those massive global events over the next few years can do so with a degree of safety because, yeah. and on that, if you ask any of us now, would you go back to Stade de France? Would you recommend it? You'd say no. Never in a million years would you say to anybody, you're going to be safe going back into that environment. And while they're not acknowledging the mistakes that were made, both French politically, authorities, police and UEFA, well, how can you have any degree of confidence? So for yeah. me, it's got to be a full uh, in, in, inquiry into what Indi- happened. Totally independent, though, yeah. Absolutely, on the night, but also the events before, UEFA's role in this, tickle allocation, everything around how we treated the supporters. I think there's an opportunity, and I think that's what the French sense you know, yeah. I think that's why there's obviously we're talking about politically with the elections and everything else. But obviously they've had years and years of police brutality uh, when they've actually uh, done any sort of, or you know, protest or whatever. So I think they sense that there's an opportunity now and the world has seen how France police, the world's yeah. also now seen, as you said, on three occasions, mm-hmm. Brian, how UEFA organises events appallingly. So yeah. for me, it's an inquiry for accountability. And I think we've all got a duty to do as much as we can in our roles to ensure that the pressure's kept on because undoubtedly they're feeling it. They're feeling the pressure, but we can't let it, uh, as you said, the, the English media's moved on now. Uh, yeah. We've got to make sure that we keep this uh, front and centre and Spirit of Shankly got a huge role to play in there. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Joe, um, in terms of um, fans... European fans, fan supporters from Europe, the organisation, they've been very good, haven't they, in terms of bringing stuff together. I mean, how do you see this developing with them? You know, because th- over the years, you've seen lots of protests against UFA, not necessarily from Liverpool fans, but from other fan groups around Europe. Can you see some yeah, collaboration but, with them? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, 
I mean, it's it's fascinating all this, and because UEFA can get away with it because actually most fans are just happy to be in the final. So the two teams have the, have the game, two sets of fans meet, they they enjoy the final, and then nothing happens for the next the next year. And, and UEFA hope that the two different clubs get there, and, and there's no there's no f- sort of continuation of uh, of impact really. If you think back to 2019, um, four English clubs got to got to finals. And we went to uh, Football Supporters Europe um, Congress in, in Lisbon and we put proposals about uh, how to change and challenge UEFA's ticketing process in particular at that point, yeah. uh, just because the price of tickets and, and the allocations. And we got unanimous support for that. Um, difficulty is, is that UEFA don't listen. Simple yeah. as that. Um, yeah, yeah. We see a lot of process. I mean, you know, German fans are fantastic with their, with their banners about UEFA this, UEFA that, and UEFA the other. Don't care. Just so what? Um, it, it just water off a duck's back to them. So, so clearly, th- this is, I think, a really seized the moment opportunity for us now because yeah. this is they, they're isolated now. Yeah. It's got to be the sponsors then, hasn't it? It's got to be the sponsors. It has, exactly that. You know, they, they line themselves up with, with, with the French authorities and they they yeah. turned out to be just lying as, as you said before so they, they they're in a really really difficult position now and we've you know we've got to continue to fight this you mentioned football supporters europe then they've been outstanding um, yeah yeah the great the great thing as well about um about the chief exec for that role and he's french he knows mm. all this mm. he yeah, was at yeah, the french yeah. cup final t- two weeks before our final and said it was an absolute shambles then it was chaos, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wrote a great um, article in the Observer on Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he Probably. did. Yeah. 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 And also, when, Fra- when France played uh, the week later, there was massive crowds outside then, wasn't there? You know? Yeah. But you've yeah. seen it outside. You've seen the problems then, didn't you? All, all the, the queue, the system, again, uh, people trying to get in. It was, it, it, was, it was just chaos again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, but, yeah. but I was just going to say the fact, the final bit though, just to say, I think this is where that that this key moment is, Could, because Ronan and his team have been all over this. I think they've also had a a, a lesson in Ronan sort of is Ronan is explaining Ronan is. Yes, sorry, he's the he's the chief executive football supporters Europe. Yeah, um, okay. and the the bits Brian was saying before, what about Hillsborough? Obviously, he knew about Hillsborough, but he watched our he, he watched. Uh, meeting last last Saturday, and he couldn't believe what you'd read out Ian um, from Pete Weatherby um, about you know his his letter. You know, yeah. it was a real eye opener moment for him as well, just in terms of hearing that. And he's asked for a copy of it because Pete I know Weatherby he's going to use that now. One of the lawyers who represented some of the Hillsborough families. Yeah, sorry, yeah, um, but he's going to use that now. It, it, what we've got at this point in time is. Is significant leverage that he's not had opportunity to say to UEFA before, because it's been kind of a sort of it's just the English fans who are moaning, etc. But we've got now, you know, significant points that are not just about English fans. This is a this is about the way that fans are treated by UEFA, week in week out, round in round out. You know, you mentioned before Benfica. You can talk about Milan. You can talk about yeah. Villarreal, which yeah. like Villarreal was like. It was, like, it was like going to your mate's barbecue, going to that game. It was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And yet they had it as a Category 1 yeah. high-risk yeah. match. Mm. It was anything but. And and that's mm. because it's just about, you know, oh, there's an English team here, so let's do that. It's just, in, term, it's Mono, in, terms of, in terms of the uh, Liverpool Football Club, uh, obviously the SOS will be meeting them, but I mean, what, what we ex- expecting support from the club? Because it... It's got to be done together, hasn't it? Really, the fans uh, and the club. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, we, we said this all along since last Saturday. Um, they, you know, the club Billy Hogan come out with um, a, a good statement, um, and we all seem to be on the same hymn sheet uh, at that time. Now, obviously, the, you know, like all emails gone to, to um, people who work for the club, not to say anything about last Saturday. Yeah, uh, but now I think hopefully. Um, I think we want to have a meet with them soon. Um, we've all got to go. For, we've all got to take this challenge on together as, as yeah. one. Because if they don't, they're going to alienate themselves with, with the fans, and then it's game over. Then you know, if it's yeah. you know, we, this is this. I think now this is this is a wake up call now for the rest of your. You know, you've all just said there about like the fans in your with the banners all over. Uh, 
the day every week, no no matter what country you wait for mafia or whatever. And as you said, Joe, it does it doesn't bother you either. But no. I think this is a game changer, you know, uh, what's happened, you know, um and everyone will come together. It will be interesting when fans Europe meet next time because I, I think it's this is going to be the number one subject right through. It's this, yeah. this is not going away in the next couple of weeks or the couple of months. This is this is going to be ongoing. This, yeah. um, but I come back to your question, please. You're right. So because just interrupt one second because something Joe said about is right about this happens every year where we we get the fan and we moan about the tickets, we moan about the treatments, and then it's two different teams next year. Yeah. Well. The way it's going with European football, there's good chances two English teams next year, next at least year, one yeah. English team next year. And secondly, wait till they hear their anthem play their Anfield next season. It was just the boom is going to be off the scale. Yeah. And their sponsors are going to ask questions about why are they doing that? They're going to go, oh shit, well, you know that day when um, they all nearly um, they yeah. couldn't get in. You know, and it's going to spread. That will yeah. be forgotten. Oh, they, they, they will have to realise very quickly that Liverpool fans will not be silenced until they get some justice and some truth here. And so the cap, there will be a campaign against them next without it. I mean, I mean, you know, we don't have to organise it. It would just be there. Everyone on the ground would be booing that anthem at Anfield, holding yeah. away when we're in our underground. And it, it it can't disappear. They have to address it at some point. Yeah, yeah. Do you well, think, you know, do you think, Brian, do you think, do you think things will change though? Do you think, I mean, what we've seen from you for in the past is that, you know, he was saying after the European Super League, it was the fans, it was the fans, and then he treated like like this. Do you, do you think these people will actually listen? Well, the honest answer is is is, is I, I couldn't. There's no way I've got confidence in saying they're going to change, you know, because it's not it's not their remit, it's not their it's not it's not their mindset. But I think they may be forced to change here. I think they may be forced to realise that we praise these fans for bringing down the Super League. I mean, I think I did a, a statement. About you know, I wrote about is, is saying that the lifeblood we need to look yeah. after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so these things are going to go back to haunt them. And yeah. it, even if it is gradual change, for example, don't be surprised if the twelve thousand that they put in the ballot next year doesn't go in a the ballot. They decide to dish more that out, you know, to fans because they know that they're up against the wall. And they need they need to kind of uh, to kind of give us something. But yeah. before it goes any further with them, they've got to retract what they said. They've yep. got to retract what they said. They've got to give a full apology to Liverpool fans, or it can't. It, the, 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 the corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mono. Yeah, going back to the original question for you with the club, um, they've got a, they've got a duty you know, of care for us now, and because we seen at the meeting last week uh, that we had um, the anger it wasn't at the club by the way. It, it was at, obviously at UEFA and the authorities in France, but a lot of people saying the club have got to get on board with us. Because if they, as we said before, if they don't, it'll just it'll just split us, and then yeah, and then we've seen what happened. It's gone back to the old days then, where you're fighting against the club again. Uh, but and if the club don't get on board with us, and it, it, our case could be very weak, the two UEFA. So it's it's I think it's very important that they have got to get on board with us, and only the coming maybe days or weeks we'll we'll see about that one. Yeah. What about? I mean, we have discussed about uh, legal action against various. I mean, Joe, is there any more clarity on that, or is anyone? Well, obviously, we're looking into it, aren't we? But you know, how does the statements on the French embassy website uh, and also other actions? How does that? I mean, because presumably, anyone who didn't get in the ground should be getting the money back straight away from you for shouldn't he? You know, but how is that going to be? What's the ins and outs of that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, I mean, thanks to everyone who, who've contacted Spiriti Shankly with offers of help because we've been inundated, um, which is absolutely fantastic, and it all pro bono as well, all free. Um, so it, it's just it, it's stunning the way people just want to help out at this moment in time. I think I think there's a few difficulties from what I, I can pick up, and we 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 took legal advice on Monday, and we'll get some more about how how we can talk about class actions and and goodness knows what. But of course, we're talking about French law as well. Um, and I understand that in terms of the way UEFA is set up, it might even be Swiss law as well, um, as well as well as our own. So it's going to be complicated. But let's be honest, um, we've we've got some of the finest brains on this um, looking at it and. And, and I think that there are a couple of strands on that. There's obviously the the compensation bit, which is just you know that that should be as red, shouldn't it? You know, UEFA should have that on the website now. Got to take yeah, it. Yeah. Didn't get in. It is yeah. your money back. And that comes back to your point, Brian. Right? That, that's how easy they, they can start to win back some of the, the the fans who aren't as perhaps you know 
concerned as as as, as we are here. Um, mm. But then the second element is, you know, just in terms of the police coming over, you know, and literally s- seemingly hiding in Liverpool somewhere because no one's Where seen. Where did he go, Joe? Anyone know? No idea. Here? No, no. It's just bizarre. Um, and you know, even like we get you know, French TV are saying to us, we're, we're pointers at point the answers, and we say we can't, we don't know where they are. Um, you know, they, they're, they're looking at sort of you know, the, the um, issues, issues that have indi- happened to individuals, so loss of tickets or assaults or yeah. theft and robberies and stuff. That's all well and good, but then the, 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 you have to download something from a website and then you have, yeah. In age of doing that. And thirdly, you know, a lot of this is about compensation and or challenge legally to the to the authorities themselves. And that that's the yeah, big yeah. one. That that's where that's the one where we'll need the sort of significant support yeah. because this is this is something that uh, that you know comes back to how how the how the families were treated. Um, yeah. this is the, the institution thing, that we need to challenge. The one thing is that you know uh, action's got to happen before the Champions League draw, doesn't it? Because as soon as you get to Champions League draw, everyone will be plotting ways of getting to the uh, group stages. Mostly. So, I mean, it's really in the next... It's in the close season, really, isn't it? The ac- action's got to happen, isn't it? Mono? Yeah, I think Mono said yeah, before, yeah. they got mid- busy weeks. Me have. Sorry, sorry, stay here. Yeah, there yeah, is. That, that's what, you know, obviously in the meeting we're saying on Saturday, you know, we, we've got to have people talking direct action here against yeah. UEFA. You know, and that's how strong you know the feeling is uh, here in Liverpool. Mm. It's it's you know what what that uh, entails is um, it's it, it remains to be seen. But I think one of the first ones is when the UEFA draws get made and neon is it in the coming weeks, whatever next month yeah. or something. Uh, so that's that we may be part of one of them. Um, but there's, there's there's loads of things on the table that uh, we can do. You know, to um, to make our voices heard. That you know. This 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 is this is not going away. Yeah, yeah. Brian, yeah. Are we going to sign Nunes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. Uh, what do you call them? In the nose? Am I an ITK? Um, it, oh, it just looks like all that spanner in the works. <laughs> it looks like the um, the club's briefing um, that yeah. they're in talks or they're very interested. Um, mm. And I think they want to. I think they are. They, they just don't want to pay too much. Yeah. I think they, what they've realised is they love him. Klopp loves him. We saw how good he was. And actually, where else is he going to go? It's playing Champions League because City. Yeah. I've got the striker. Chelsea uh, don't need another striker. Uh, Madrid have just paid eighty-six million for Chumani. Um Barcelona is skint. So the only two clubs that we've shown interest were Atletico and United. And it looks like he wants to come to Liverpool, but. Yeah. They're not going to pay eighty-five million yeah. quid for someone. Yeah, yeah. So it's a question of yeah. if you can I get ju- that I just threw I just threw that one in because basically, you know, it, that's the way football fans work, isn't it? We've been talking about the what's happened, the ins and outs of French politics and UEFA, but then people will be <laughs> clambering on yeah. social media. What about Nunes? You know, but the bigger picture's got to be seen here, hasn't it, Ian? In terms of the you know, in the next few months, in the next few months, we've got to have that. Yeah. The hell's that? <laughs> that's just a traffic in London, that piece. <laughs> Don't get tear gassed. <laughs> French police have found Ian's office in London. He's <laughs> about to do a scissors to that. So that's where the two French coppers went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, the the most important thing we've got to focus on is not coming in or who's coming out. It's about the fight for truth and justice. Yeah, and that's yeah. what uh, we've all got to focus on. And that's for us, unfortunately, is the main priority now, isn't it? You know, it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be in this position again. It's 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 so sad that we're, that we're having this discussion again, isn't it, once more? And, you know, we're going to well, the same we people. Don't want to ex- we don't want to experience another final like that, do we? No, no, well, that's what I mean. We, and as Joe said, I, I I see this like the European Super League debacle. There's an opportunity now, and we've got to grasp it. Yeah. Uh, we've got to we've got to push for the reformation of uh, you know our UEFA interact with supporters, so we never yeah. ever go through that again. And listening yeah. to some of the stories, piece some of the kids that were involved as well. Horrendous. You know, speaking. Horrendous. No, it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous how their their futures being shaped. So uh, yeah, 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 we've got a duty yeah. uh, to make sure that we don't. Uh, 
allowed this to happen again. Yeah. You've been listening to Ali LaRouge. Not much football discussed in this, of course, you know, but I think it's very important that, you know, we had we had this discussion. Uh, thanks to Stephen Monaghan, Brian Reed, Ian Byrne and Joe Blott. And we'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks' time. Hopefully, uh, maybe Darmanin will have been resigned by then. You, you never know. I think Macron will be on holiday somewhere. But keep up the pressure. And everyone who's got any video footage, send it in either to Spurs Shankly or to the Liverpool Echo or to the Liverpool Football Club because that's vital uh, uh, evidence for, the, for going forward. Thanks for listening again. Uh, and hopefully next time we will start have to uh, start talking about uh, football in the next few months, but this is the priority at the moment. Allez le Rouge. You've been listening to the Allez le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.